Uh, let's return to Revelation 21. Uh, Mike, there's just 22 chapters in Revelation, so we are coming uh, near the end of our study all the way through the book of Revelation. Brother Ray, it's been challenging at times, but uh, we praise God for his words, even when they're challenging, right? Uh, we began looking uh, last Sunday morning at uh, this chapter, which um, pictures, describes uh, the New Jerusalem. Of course, New Jerusalem appears, Brother Mike, to be our uh, eternal home uh, beyond the millennium, beyond the tribulation period, uh, beyond the millennium. Uh, we see a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem uh, descending down from heaven, evidently, which uh, becomes uh, our uh, very beautiful, we'll see, uh, very large, uh, we'll see, e eternal home. And so uh, let's pick it up here this morning. I believe we left off in around verse 8 uh, last week. We saw uh, in verse 8, the new Jerusalem is a place where there'll be no sin uh, or sinners. Be encouraged by that. You ever get discouraged by sin uh, and by sinners? By the way, you ever get discouraged by your own sin? We, we won't have a sin nature at this point. Uh, so you'll not be discouraged by your own sin any longer. Praise God. Uh, you won't be discouraged by any, there'll be no sin uh, in this place. We know that there will be some, we said this last week, but just a, a reminder, some will need to be saved during the millennium, so there will be some sin, no doubt, uh, but uh, when we get beyond the millennium to the new Jerusalem, uh, there's no sin. We saw that uh, in verse 8. And now let's continue, verse 9 and following, we see the physical description of the new Jerusalem. So we've seen uh, some of the spiritual aspects of it. Now we see some of the uh, physical aspects uh, of the New Jerusalem. Let's just jump in here. Verse 9, uh, John writes, under inspiration, of course, uh, And there came unto me uh, one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the last seven plagues, uh, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, uh, the Lamb's wife, uh, save people who will occupy the New Jerusalem. Verse 10, he carried me away in the spirit uh, to a great and high mountain uh, and showed me uh, that great city. So again, uh, John has a series of visions. This would seem to be uh, a vision given to him uh, by the Holy Spirit, carries him away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me, uh, John writes, that great city the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven uh, from God. And so Mike looks to be, uh, we'll see, a physical place that literally descends uh, from heaven. Uh, John writes, out of heaven from God uh, to the earth, evidently to the new earth, uh, new heaven, new earth, new, new Jerusalem. We see in verse 11 that it's a glorious place and uh, as we continue, we'll see there's, there's no need for sunlight. There's no, uh, we'll see there's no night later on in the chapter. Uh, it's a place that evidently is lit by the glory of God. Uh, verse 11, having the glory of God, uh, and her light was like unto a stone uh, most precious. That's describing the light of the New Jerusalem, uh, even like a jasper stone, clear and crystal. So it's a, it's a brilliant glorious, evidently continuous light. Brother Ray, my wife and I were out yesterday driving around doing some errands. It was kind of 
uh, overcast and it started to rain a little bit and we were sort of bemoaning the lack of sunlight and I said well you know it's uh, it's winter rich I guess I was thinking about winter back home in the Rochester area where the sun basically doesn't shine from fall until late spring it really doesn't it's just overcast uh, and cloudy the whole time uh, and we, we were kind of depressed a little bit by the lack of sunshine uh, and then late in the day yesterday, um, it was late in the day Saturday and late in the day Sunday, uh, forgive me, late in the day uh, Friday, late in the day yesterday, the sun came out late in the afternoon, and it was just wonderful. It was like, ah, uh, it was most, it was beautiful, and, and you just appreciate it, right? The sunshine uh, is such an encouragement. And I, been thinking about that if a little bit of sunshine on a Friday or Saturday afternoon encourages me uh, this side of heaven this side of New Jerusalem uh, imagine what an encouragement this glorious place and this glorious light uh, will be it's the glory of God uh, that lights this place a light that is like a precious stone uh, clear uh, as uh, crystal uh, Revelation 4, 3, the Lord upon the throne is described. He has a light uh, like a jasper and sardine stone, a rainbow about the throne. Uh, there, there's the, the quality of the light of the glory of God. Uh, in uh, verse 23, uh, look there, uh, our current chapter 21 and verse 23, uh, the city had no need of the sun, uh, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And so, uh, literally, truly, the glory of Christ lights uh, this place. And stop and think for a moment, have we seen any hints of, has elsewhere in Scripture, perhaps recently, uh, have we had the opportunity to see hints of the uh, the physical glory of Christ, the brightness of, of his glory. Not that long ago, we saw the transfiguration, right, where uh, the Lord's inner circle had the privilege to glimpse uh, his glo the glory, the glorious light uh, of the resurrected, glorified uh, Christ. Matthew 17, 2 says he was transfigured before them, and his face uh, did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white uh, as the light, the glory of Christ, Brother Mike, will light uh, the entire new Jerusalem. Uh, if you look back in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 16, do, do look there, please. Revelation 1, chapter 1, verse 16. This is the resurrected Christ, described as having in, in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth one a sharp two-edged sword. Uh, and see this, the last part of verse 16, his countenance was as the sun shineth in his uh, strength. So uh, this glory, this brilliance, this literal light of his glory, uh, we know is, is a, a thing. Uh, Brother Ray, it's a wonderful thing that will literally light the new Jerusalem, our final home. Uh, by the way, when Paul met up with Christ, uh, on the road to Damascus. What happened to him, Zach? What happened to him? He, he was blinded by what? The light of uh, the presence of Christ. Would that have been the glorified, resurrected Christ? It would have been, right? Because uh, Paul was saved uh, beyond the cross. 
he encountered the glorified, resurrected Christ. The light was so uh, bright, there we go, that it blinded him, evidently. Um, the Lord, of course, had a, a spiritual purpose for that. It wasn't just a purposeless physical consequence of his encounter with the glory, glorious resurrected Christ. The Lord had a purpose for that, but nonetheless, his, the brightness of, of his light, his glory, literally blinded Paul. And so uh, this is a thing. It is the literal brightness of the literal glory uh, of the glorified resurrected Christ uh, it will be more than uh, sufficient to light, literally, to light uh, the entire New Jerusalem. Now, keep that in mind uh, when we get to, uh, shortly, uh, some verses that talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, the size of the New Jerusalem. It's, it's not uh, a tiny little town. It's, it's not a small city. Uh, it's enormous. Uh, it's enormous. So keep in mind that... Uh, this enormous place will evidently be completely lit by the glory uh, of Christ. We'll get there. Um, verses 12 and 14 describe uh, the gates and the foundations. And it's interesting here, you see in verse 12, the gates bear the, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And then the foundation of the city, it's described as having 12 foundations evidently layers upon layers of foundations uh, bear the name of the 12 apostles. So you have the 12 tribes of Israel from the Old Testament and the 12 apostles from the New Testament uh, kind of coming together in this one place. Think about that. Let's see this. Verse 12, uh, the city uh, had a, a wall great and high, uh, so a wall, uh, and had 12 gates, and at the gates 12 angels uh, and names written thereon, names upon the gates, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children uh, of Israel. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. Uh, and on the west, three gates. Uh, so it's uh, square around the perimeter, evidently, Brother Ray. I believe we'll see a very strong suggestion that it's actually cubical, uh, it's not just flat uh, and, and square, uh, but rather uh, it, it has dimension and it is in fact cube shaped. We'll see that. I know others have seen it as more of like a um, pyramid uh, in shape, but I, I think a cube better aligns with scripture. We'll see that. Uh, so um, four sides, three gates on each side bearing the names of the tribes of Israel. Think about that. Uh, and then verse 14, uh, 12 foundations. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, uh, and in them the names of the 12 apostles uh, of the Lamb. Flip to Ephesians 2 real fast, if you would. Ephesians 2. Uh, just go there real fast, if you would. Uh, Ephesians 2. Um, just flip back a little bit. Ephesians 2. Uh, there in verse 19, partway through verse 19, we are described as no more strangers and foreigners, Ephesians 2, 19, partway through verse 19. Uh, because of Christ, uh, we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. And then this language in verse 20, 
uh, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, uh, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so there's uh, architectural language that is poetic, uh, Brother Ray, that's, that's figure of speech there. Uh, we are built upon the foundation of the apostles with Christ being the chief uh, cornerstone. The apostles and their first century ministry and their, the Holy Spirit using some of them uh, to inscripturate some of God's words uh, become a foundation for our faith going forward even unto this day. That's, that's a poetic truth expressed this way. But when we ultimately get to the, uh, I'll get it, to, to the uh, New Jerusalem, there are foundations, literal foundations, that bear the name of the 12 apostles. And so uh, that, those literal foundations, uh, physical foundations of a literal place, evidently are Mike intended, I would guess, I don't want to assume, but it would seem to be the case that those foundations bearing the name of the apostles will be a literal part of a literal city, but that will be intended to remind us that our faith is built up from uh, the ministry, uh, and certainly the scripture writing ministry of the apostles, uh, with Christ being the chief cornerstone, the thing that everything else is relative to. Now, Zach, you have... Um, two different dispensations, if you will, pictured here. You have the Old Testament uh, dispensation uh, and the names of the 12 tribes upon the 12 gates. Uh, and then you have a New Testament uh, reference here uh, with the names of the 12 apostles uh, on 12 foundations uh, coming together uh, in, in one physical place. I wonder if you have any thoughts about that. It's okay if you don't, but Gentlemen, maybe someone else has a thought. Uh, what might be the significance of the names of the tribes of the Old Testament and the names of the apostles from the New Testament coming together uh, and being pictured here in, in one place, uh, one place that um, is, is lit by the glory of the Lord? Any, any thoughts? Go ahead. Zach said maybe it's a picture of the idea that Christ is the way of salvation for people all throughout history, the Old Testament and the New Testament alike. Sure, uh, the people uh, in, in the past prior to the cross looked ahead to the cross. Uh, we look back to the cross, that basic idea, faith, faith in a coming Messiah uh, or faith in a Messiah who has come. Uh, sure. Uh, the idea that uh, salvation is the same for all, Brother Ray, regardless of what point in history uh, we've lived. Sure, Christ is the Messiah of, of the people of the Old Testament, uh, the Savior of the people of the New Testament. Uh, we have uh, a common way of salvation in Christ uh, and a common eternal uh, destination uh, because of Christ. I think this, this would be the idea. That's good, Zach. Thank you. Uh, there, there's a commonality in Christ, uh, which points to a common uh, eternal uh, resting place, uh, one that is shared. Uh, it's certainly not common in the sense of, you know, every day, uh, but, but one that, that is, is shared. 
Uh, let's continue on. We see the size and shape of the city. It's enormous. Uh, Brother Mike, this, this place that we look ahead to, that we look forward to, it's not a little place. Um, again, it does seem to be cube-shaped, and depending on how we understand the measurements, uh, it would seem to be 12 to 1,500 miles uh, each way, uh, length, width, and height. Uh, and so it's, it's very wide, it's very long, it's, it's very tall, uh, it would seem. That, that would make uh, the perimeter, if you were to walk all the way around it, Mike, you're a walker, but, but think about this. If you tried to walk all the way around it, a good estimate of the distance around the outside uh, would be give or take 5,000 miles. Again, depending on exactly how we understand the measurements, that, that'd be a pretty good trip uh, if, if you were walking. See this, verse 15, And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof, and the city lieth four square four square. The length is as large as the breadth. Uh, he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 uh, furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height. See that? So uh, there's three dimensions here, the length, the breadth, and the height. So it has dimensionality. Uh, they're equal. Uh, they're equal. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, 12,000 furlongs, uh, one way, the other way, and tall. I have a note here about furlongs. Uh, the word translated as furlongs, uh, stadion is the Greek word. It was a Greek unit of measure. Uh, it was thought variously to be between 582 uh, feet uh, or 600 feet or perhaps an eighth of a Roman mile. Uh, this man writes, for practical purposes, a stadium is approximately 600 feet. That translates into some, somewhere between about 1,350 uh, to 1,500 miles in length, width, and height, uh, depending upon which unit of measure is assumed for one stadium. So uh, it's, it's huge. It's somewhere between 1,350 and 1,500 miles uh, on each side of four sides. Brother Ray, if it was 1,500 miles on, on each side, it would be 6,000 6, miles to walk all the way around uh, the outside or, or the inside. It will be inside. Uh, it would be 6,000 uh, 6, miles, uh, depending on exactly how you understand that. So somewhere between, likely between 5,000 and 6,000 miles all the way around. It's huge and it's tall. You could calculate the volume of that if you wanted to, if you can remember some of your, uh, uh, probably like eighth grade math, Rich. Uh, and now consider the enormous size, Brother A, uh, and, and now kind of plug in the idea that the glory of Christ is going to light that huge, huge, huge space. Um, Zach, I, I was going to try to figure out, maybe we figure this out at lunchtime today, uh, 1,500 miles, how, how far would that get you? Like if you went south, if you like hopped on uh, 95 and went south, or if you hopped on 90 and went west, that gets you pretty far. Uh, it would be that far all the way around and that tall. Brother Ray, as the sun lights uh, you know, the entire country, um, the glory of Christ will light the entire uh, volume 
uh, of the New Jerusalem. Now see verse 17, the walls are very thick also. Uh, he measured the wall thereof in 140 and four cubits. Who's got a calculator handy? Zach, you got one handy? You got your phone handy? Well, let's do the math here real fast. Uh, it's a hundred, uh, it's a hundred and forty and four cubits uh, thick, so 144 cubits. So how long is a cubit? Uh, more like, it's a forearm, right? A cubit is your forearm, and we usually think of it as being about 18 inches, right? So give or take about 18 inches. Uh, so do this. Do 144 times 18 inches, and then divide that by 12 to get how many feet it is. What do you got? What do you got? 216 feet. Uh, yes, over 200 feet thick, evidently. He measured the wall. Thank you, sir. He measured the wall thereof in 140 and four cubits according to the measure of a man, uh, that is, uh, of the angel. So uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't specify this is the thickness, but we already have the width, the length, the height. Uh, and so we're assuming uh, this is the thickness uh, of the wall, 200 feet uh, thick. That's a pretty thick wall, Brother Ray. Uh, why, do, why does it need to be that thick? Well, maybe it needs to be that thick because it's so tall. Uh, it is, how tall is it? Uh, somewhere between 1,200 and 1,500 miles tall. Uh, so it's got to have a pretty, got to have a pretty solid uh, and, and broad foundation. Uh, if, if it's subject to the laws of, of physics and structural engineering, uh, if, it's, if that's the case, doesn't have to be the case, Brother Ray, the Lord could... Uh, make it work uh, supernaturally however he chooses. Um, so there might be something structural in the uh, fact that it's, as Zach said, 216 or 218 uh, feet thick. Zach, I wonder if there might be something else in that. Um, uh, I wonder if something else might be pictured by the, the thickness of the walls. Uh, strong foundation that maybe supports it going all the way up to the top of its uh, thousand plus miles, but I wonder if there's anything else. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, uh, guys. Any thoughts on that? Um, maybe, maybe it's it pictures protection. Uh, thick wall would. It does have twelve gates, uh, but it might it might picture protection, the Lord's protection. Uh, it it might picture um, the fact that um, you know no one will get in who doesn't belong there. Uh, possibly um, preser preservation of the holiness of the place. Mo, did you have a thought? Yeah. Yeah, nothing can get out, get in, or get out. I don't think we'll want to get out. Uh, it does have gates, so it has a way in. Uh, the gates almost certainly picture Christ as, as the way in. Uh, and he's the way in for people of all, all of the 12 tribes. He's the way in for us as well. Uh, and so, sure, that, that's no doubt pictured. But, right, it's a, it's, it's a fortress. Uh, it, it is a place that we will, where we will know the Lord's protection, uh, certainly. And so, well, I think that's a, that's a very good thought. So, uh, it's massive. It's lit by the Lord. It's, we'll see in a moment, very... Uh, beautiful. It's a safe place. Uh, just stop and kind of 
drink that in for a minute. It's a safe place. Uh, you won't have to worry about your safety. I think the, the 200 foot thick walls certainly picture uh, a safety. And that's, that's wonderful, especially as we consider uh, the fact that the world we live in today is not as safe as, as we might like it to be. Um, next, we see it's, it's very beautiful. Uh, our final home with the Lord is a very beautiful place. Um, we see uh, beginning in verse 18, a description of precious stones that uh, are used to beautify uh, the wall. Uh, verse 18, the, the building of the wall of it was uh, of jasper, uh, and the city was pure what? Gold. Uh, the city is made of pure gold. That's extraordinary. Uh, it is precious. It is valuable. It is beautiful. Uh, like unto clear glass. The, uh, evidently, the gold is so pure uh, that it's translucent. Uh, the gold that uh, we have today, depending on the, 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 the purity of it, is, is far from pure. Uh, it's, far, it's far from pure, but the, the gold uh, of the New Jerusalem is, is so perfect and so pure that it's, it's like unto clear glass. It's translucent, uh, it's precious, it's beautiful, uh, like purity, uh, it's, it's pure. No doubt there's a picture there of the fact that God's people have been purified uh, by the one who is perfectly pure. This, this might be... Uh, the idea. Uh, certainly, it'll be a blessing to us to experience not only the glory of the presence of Christ, but the beauty uh, of the place that he has prepared for us. Verse 19, the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished, uh, decorated, if you will, with all manner of precious stones. Uh, so it has multiple foundations, as we've seen. Uh, the first foundation was jasper, uh, the second is sapphire, sapphire like a blue. Uh, the third, chalcedony, copper-colored, perhaps. The fourth, an emerald. What color is an emerald? Green uh, is, is green. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the man who wrote um, The Wizard of Oz. Um, he, his, his city was the Emerald City, right? Do you, do you know his name? That's right, Frank. That's right, Frank. Frank Baum. Th that's right. And, um, so there's. I think I mentioned in the past. There's some evidence that he was a Jewish man, if I recall correctly. Some evidence that he, he knew some some scripture, even some Hebrew. Uh, Oz is a Hebrew word for for power or strength. So the Wizard of Oz. He he was a phony, of course, uh, but he presented himself as had great one of great power, great strength. Uh, and it was called the Emerald City uh, they were trying to get to. So probably borrowed this idea from, uh, from Scripture here, um, although he wasn't a Christian as far as we know. He's a Jewish man. He, he would have had knowledge of this, no doubt. Um, so, you know, uh, writers have borrowed from Scripture. Uh, Brother Mike, we, we don't look forward to something that is fictional, though, do we? We look forward to something that is real. Uh, uh, we look forward to the presence of a Savior who is 
truly powerful uh, and strong and perfect, not, not a fake wizard uh, as the Wizard of Oz was. Praise God for the truth of the Lord's words and the truth of his power and strength. Uh, verse 20, continuing to describe the foundations, the fifth uh, is adorned with um, sardonyx. Uh, sardon has the idea of red. Um, onyx is white, so uh, it's, it's a red and a white. Uh, evidently, it's, uh, it might be a mixture of, of red and white in color. Uh, the sixth is sardius. So if sar sardon is, is red, sardius is, is red also. Uh, this is thought to be a reddish brown or perhaps a blood red that might remind of the blood of Christ. Uh, the seventh foundation uh, is adorned with chrysolite. Uh, this is one of those hopox words. It only appears here in scripture, nowhere else. Uh, it's a, thought to be a yellow green. Uh, the eighth barrel, turquoise or bluish green. Uh, the ninth is topaz, uh, sort of a yellow golden perhaps. Uh, the tenth, uh, chrysop uh, I practice saying this, but I, maybe I can't say it, chrysoprasus, there we go, uh, chrysoprasus, that's a hopox word also, only appears here in scripture, nowhere else in the Bible, uh, a beautiful green mingled with yellow, the eleventh, a jacinth, violent or purple, the twelfth, an amethyst, um, a quartz stone of deep uh, purple, uh, probably the idea here. Uh, and so it is adorned with great beauty. You stop to think about this. Someone might, might say, well, you know, the place where I live today is not all that beautiful. Uh, in fact, might be uh, quite the opposite of that. That's okay. <laughs> where we live today uh, is very temporary. And our eternal home is an extraordinarily, probably unthinkably beautiful place. We can read these descriptions and begin to imagine, Sister Janet, but probably only uh, get a very rough idea of the true beauty of this place. Uh, the, our eternal home uh, is, a, is a perfect place with the perfect Savior, perfect sunshine, no sin, great beauty. Uh, we have a great and certain hope. Uh, let's go on here. The, there's 12 gates uh, that are adorned with pearls. We already know there's 12 gates bearing the names of whom? Wh whose names are on 12 gates? Mike? Uh, the tribes are on the gates. The apostles are on the foundations. Uh, you were close, sir. Thank you. Uh, the gates bear the name of the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, and they're adorned with pearls. The 12 gates, uh, verse 21. 12 gates were 12 pearls. Uh, every uh, several gate was of one pearl, uh, and the street of the city was pure gold. The streets of gold, uh, we've heard that, uh, as it were, transparent glass. And that idea is, is emphasized uh, a couple of times. Uh, the idea of pearly gates uh, evidently comes from uh, this verse. Streets of gold comes from this uh, verse. Um, you stop and think again for a moment. Um, the doors, no doubt, picture Christ as the, uh, the way in. 
Uh, he's, he's the way into the sheepfold, right? Uh, he's the door that makes possible a relationship with God the Father. Uh, and so these gates uh, no doubt picture that idea, uh, the way for uh, all of the 12 tribes uh, to be saved and, and have a relationship with the Father, come into his presence uh, for eternity. Uh, but why pearls? Why pearls? Uh, stop and think about that for a moment. Um, do you remember a, a parable that uh, contains a pearl? Do you remember a parable that contains a pearl? Um, in Matthew thirteen forty-five. Again, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus speaking, kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, Matthew 13, 45, and then 46, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had uh, and bought it. The kingdom of heaven is, is like a pearl of great price. The man who desired it went and sold everything else that he had uh, and, and bought that that one thing. Uh, it is precious and valuable. Uh, our future uh, eternal home uh, is precious and valuable. Uh, Zach, the fact that this precious and valuable thing adores the doors, adorns the doors, uh, probably uh, points as it does in Matthew to the value and preciousness of our salvation, the value and preciousness of our Savior uh, and our salvation. Uh, the parable of the pearl of great price in, in Matthew uh, pictures a great truth, uh, pearls being shown on the door uh, to the New Jerusalem will be a reminder once again, Christ is the way, uh, he's, he's the pearl that is precious, He's the one door. By the way, the uh, temple and the tabernacle of the Old Testament had one way in also, right? Uh, they had one way in, Christ being the one door pictured by the sacrifices that were performed uh, there at the temple and the tabernacle. Um, he's perfect sacrifice, of course, but one door. It's a precious door that pictures a precious savior uh, a pearl of great price. Um, remember the man who's uh, described in the, the parable, the pearl of great price. We want to make reference back to that in the next hour. This man, when he had found one great pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and, and bought it, put off everything else that he had, sacrificed everything else that he had so that he could have this one thing. Uh, sacrifice everything else that he had so that he could have this one thing. Remember that, if you would. Uh, quickly, some things that the New Jerusalem does not have. Uh, verse 22, it does not have a temple. John says, I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Uh, amen. Uh, there, there, is a, there was an earthly temple uh, which pictured a heavenly temple, but in the, the literal New Jerusalem, there's no temple. The Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. Praise God. Uh, verse 23, uh, as we've seen before, there's no need of, of sun or moon for light. Uh, the city had no need, verse 23, of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. 
for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb uh, is the light thereof. So the Father and the Son uh, light it together. By the way, in 1 John 1 and verse 5, the Bible says God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Uh, I understand that picture is his sinless perfection, but it's language that alludes to uh, this future place also, uh, perhaps. Verse 24, the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, the glory of God, and the Father, and the Son, uh, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Verse 25, the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, uh, for there shall be no night there. Uh, in a first century town, walled town or walled city, gates be closed at night for protection, right? Brother Get Ray, there'll be no nighttime, no time of danger, uh, and so the gates do not need to be closed. Uh, very interesting. Uh, there will be no danger. There shall be no night there. Uh, verse 26, we're almost done. They shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Uh, and finally, verse 27, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. There will be no sin. Uh, Neither whatsoever worketh abomination, no sin or sinners, or maketh a lie, but... So point of contrast, instead of that, they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Is it? Are you saved? Amen. Amen. If you repented and placed your faith in Christ, you're saved. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, uh, and you will be granted access. This is our hope. Uh, this is our hope. And uh, we praise God for it. We live in an imperfect world today, one marred by sin. Uh, Brother Ray, a world that has some danger, a world that's not always beautiful, uh, but this is very temporary. Uh, we are pilgrims passing through, amen, uh, to a wondrous and glorious place, a sinless place, a place of the presence of Christ, a place of his perfection, a place of his beauty, uh, a place of his provision, a perfect place. That's our wonderful and certain hope. We better stop. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, this morning uh, for that certain hope. It's a great hope. Uh, Lord, as we look out the windows this morning, uh, we don't see a lot of sunshine. There's light, but not a lot of sunshine. Lord, we look forward to um, an eternal home that is eternally lit by your glory. What a wonderful truth. What a wonderful joy. Father, thank you so much for the hope, the hope that we have. We are not a hopeless people. We have a perfect hope and a certain hope. And Lord, thank you this morning. We know it's all because of Christ, uh, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Lord, help us to not lose sight of the light that is our future. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you. We pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thanks.